0: From the traditional and unceded territory of the Clay Claytonet First Nation and the heart of Northern BC, welcome to the CNC podcast, 50 years, 100,000 alumni. At CNC, we're learning together, changing lives and creating futures. Welcome to the CNC podcast. I'm Mark Cargillotto. For this year's International Day for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination, CNC is focusing on the United Nations theme, and that's Voices for Action Against Racism. That's important for all of us here at the college. We have an active group of educators who are working to understand students' experiences, employees' experiences, and how together we can create a community that actively prevents and uh, and uh, deals with incidents of racial discrimination. And Today I'm joined by two CNC leaders to talk about the actions that the college is taking to again prevent racial discrimination and deal with it when it appears. Dr. Dennis Johnson is the president and CEO of CNC and Marlene Erickson is the executive director of Aboriginal Education for CNC and welcome to the CNC podcast. Thank you, Mark. Well, Dennis, let's start with you. In your career in post-secondary education, it spanned about 30 years. So can you tell me about how attitudes towards racism have changed along that way through your experience?
1: Yeah, sure, Mark. Um, well, frankly, you know, my my uh, childhood was in a town where there wasn't a, an incredible amount of diversity, and I was fairly isolated and uh, You know, on reflection, fairly privileged. Um, It was really uh, once I got into the college system and started to teach and started to learn more about teaching by doing an undergraduate degree in adult education that I was exposed to um, issues of racism. Now we're going back three decades and, you know, it wasn't as anywhere near uh, on the Public consciousness as it is now. Uh, it's it was something back then, I think, that we saw in other countries like South Africa, didn't necessarily recognize in our own backyard. So I've seen over 30 years a growing awareness. Uh it's far more top of mind for uh administrators like myself, for institutions, for governments. Um, so we've made you know, some progress, but there's still an incredible amount of work to be done both in the college, post-secondary sector, and society in general. Arlene, can you talk about those experiences
0: uh, locally uh, in the post-secondary sector? You've been uh, at the college for quite some time, but what do you think are some of those incidents of racism that people have faced?
2: Well, I think uh, from First Nations perspective, I could say that there are a lot of uh, assumptions about us that still impact student success. You know that we're not able to succeed in post-secondary, that we have nothing to contribute to to any academic dialogue, uh, that we're kind of a broken and dysfunctional people. And uh, I think that was uh, that was uh, termed uh, the racism of low expectations uh, by the Auditor General of BC. And uh, I think you know that's something that's worth uh, thinking about and, and how that that really does impact uh, students uh, when, when people have that attitude towards them. And from a systemic perspective as a college, uh, We've progressed over the years, as Dennis said, um, making this a more inclusive space for Indigenous and other marginalized groups. But you know, there's still a lot of work to be done. You know, we we need to look at, for example, the workforce. You know, it doesn't reflect the diversity of people in this region, and. Um, and to you know, we should be always checking, you know, student services and other other services that we provide to see if they're you know culturally appropriate and and respectful of all of the students who who come through our doors. So, um, in other words, really embed changes into the system, right? So they're they're not subject to the whim of you know individual attitudes and assumptions. It's it becomes a way of doing things that that is respectful of all the people who walk through the doors of the college. I have a question
0: uh, that I'd like to ask, actually, both of you. We'll start with Dennis. That can you please tell me? what has been the biggest learning or impact that you have personally experienced uh, about racism uh, in the post-secondary sector or even in society overall?
1: Well, I think um, the biggest disappointment has been that it's still as prevalent as it is today. Like I said, I you know, grew up many decades ago, started in the post-secondary sector, um, and over the years I have seen improvement, but I've also seen a lot of issues and a lot of problems, which I've been, you know, either directly involved with uh, when there are, are cases of racism um, as a manager or just you know observing as a member of society. And you know, so the biggest thing is that we still have a lot, a long ways to go, and the post-secondary sector needs to continue to play a major role um in in fighting racism, Marlene, uh, I think
0: you had alluded to uh, several impacts and and the uh, and places where we need to go uh in one of the last questions that I'd like to ask that I asked you, but I'd like to ask that though, again, about a significant impact or learning that you've personally experienced that might have influenced how you've uh, worked as a post-secondary leader.
2: Oh, well, I think. Uh... I, I, I guess I try to remain uh, a hopeful and optimistic <laughs> position, you know, that a lot of the racism that we experience or, or witness isn't really sort of a malevolent or intentional act, but it's, it's, it's done by people who just don't know any better. Right? and and so that's where as a college we can play a really big part right because what we can embed teachings about the you know diverse people you know into the curriculum you know we can uh, you know teach the history of martial arts groups we can integrate um, social justice issues into the curriculum at every opportunity and these go along Ways to creating understanding so that you know the people who who do and say these things don't don't anymore because now they know better and so I think that's that's really huge um, for for us as uh, it, for us in the post-secondary se- system um, you know we talk about systemic racism and um, that's true of pretty much every system Uh, that exists in in Canada today. And we train the people who work in those systems, right? Whether it's social workers, teachers, uh, people who work in justice and on and on. And um, so, you know, as post-secondary, we should be finding ways to embed that training in the curriculum. Right. So that so that we're not sending people out to work in those systems uh, with, uh, you know, not knowing about the the people that they will be serving and um, having these um, assumptions about them. So, yeah, there's um, there's lots that that we can do in virtually every program that we have at the college.
0: Dennis, Marlene touched on many different points there. would you like to add to that in terms of how does the college set uh, a culture that prevents racism and addresses incidents of racism or addresses systemic racism?
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to follow up. So institutions like CNC and many organizations outside of post-secondary certainly have tried to do things like improve policies and response when there is issues of racism brought forward and and certainly we want to make sure that um you know if there are issues people feel safe to bring concerns forward so we need to have our our um you know internal processes in order but the bigger role which Marlene spoke about, Quite eloquently is education. We have an opportunity to not just impact people that are part of CNC, but people that leave CNC, go off into the workforce, and and uh, continue to help with the conversation. So, education is probably the biggest, uh, most powerful uh, tool that organizations like CNC have. And uh, we're certainly dedicated, we have a lot of work to do, but we're dedicated to providing that education, having it woven into many of our programs and readily available to to the community. So uh, education is absolutely key to a better, uh, less racist society.
0: Marlene, can you speak about individual students' experiences and sort of the environment that uh, that individuals need so they can effectively stand up uh, uh, against racism uh, or or ensure that they have the support if they encounter it?
2: Well, I think first and foremost, students need to feel included and safe in, in this space. And they need to feel confident that they'll be supported in, in their fight against racism. So as a college, I think we need to be more vocal and more visible that we don't tolerate uh, racism within the college. And um, I think, to, um you know, that we could do stuff like You know, course outlines could uh, include a statement, you know, about, um, you know, that we don't, about cultural safety and respectful dialogue in the classrooms. Uh, We could, as Dennis said, you know, we could have policy that, uh, you know, so we start addressing every single um, incidence of, of racism so that people grow to understand, you know, that it isn't tolerated in the college. And that there there will be consequences every single time, and eventually that again that becomes a culture, right, within the college system. Uh, we have lots of professional development opportunities for for all the staff at the college, and so, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could require you know that at least one of them every year has a focus on anti-racism and or you know learning about the the indigenous and other diverse groups of this region that we serve right so you know there are lots of ways we can get the message out there and um as i said earlier it's about embedding it in the system and just you know being a, a way we do things at cnc
0: marlene can you tell me what what gives you promise or, or hope in addressing racism that impacts uh, the higher learning uh, sector and the college sector?
2: Uh, well, uh, I think uh, you know, reports uh, such as the one uh, in, plain set, in plain sight that on the, the healthcare profession uh, that was recently completed by Mary Ellen Tukalapan, which um, showed the endemic racism in the healthcare system. Uh, the one recently done on school district um, 57, which showed, you know, systemic racism within the school district uh, system. Uh, those that kind of evidence, right, um, present us uh, with um, really a really clear path that we can do better as um, as colleges. Um, we we need to set that expectation, you know, for for all of the students, you know, that as, when they go out into the world to, to work within all those systems with health, healthcare care and education and so on, that um, they will have had some cultural competency training uh, from, from the college. And um, I think it's very hopeful, you know, that Uh, A couple of weeks ago, the Minister of Education made some Indigenous-focused courses mandatory within the K-12 system. So you have to get four credits in order to graduate. And so, uh, and, you know, First Nations leadership immediately pointed out, you know, that those courses will go a long ways to preventing racism against Indigenous people. And so, you know... We, we can hope, you know, that, that other ministries will do the same, including uh, post-secondary ministry.
0: And Dennis, uh, final word to you. What do you think is the biggest challenge that the college or post-secondary sector in general then faces in addressing racism?
1: As I said earlier, there, the, there are challenges still in um, that it exists, but the other side of it is there is... Uh, I've seen an incredible change in the conversation in the last uh, few decades. Um, there is a general willingness. I I don't meet many people anymore that you know want to deny that racism is an issue, or suggest that we don't have a role to play. Whereas that maybe wasn't the same twenty or thirty years ago. So, um, you know on one hand, it exists. It's a huge challenge. On the other hand, uh, the glass is half full as far as society is starting to get there. And, uh, you know, we have an incredibly supportive community within CNC. A lot of people ask, what can I do? I don't I don't understand what my part is, but they're willing to learn. And so that gives me hope for the future. Um, and as Marlene said, we need to continue to provide professional development education and uh and awareness uh, i'd like to make a you know just a final point um this isn't something that's any longer seen as just uh something management needs to do on an official basis we need to do uh the formal work that needs to be done we also have an incredible community of volunteers working on issues and so there's more of an organic willingness of people to come together and and work towards eliminating racism. Uh, there's a committee of for equity, diversity, and inclusion, which is a volunteer committee, and they're doing great work, and we want to build on that. Dennis Johnson,
0: Marlene Erickson, thank you both very much for your time today. For more about CNC's programs, visit our website, cnc.bc.ca. Thank you to Taryn Johnson and Dustin Ruth for producing the CNC podcast. We welcome your comments and ideas for episodes. Please contact us at communications at cnc.bc.ca. Thanks for listening to the CNC podcast and have a great day.